Welcome to The Last American Vagabond. Thank you for joining me today. I've got a special guest here to discuss the ongoing Occupied Palestine War, and as I titled it, the information war surrounding it all, which I think especially today is an important conversation. Jimmy Dore, thanks for joining me today. How are you? My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I thought you I thought you were an important person to bring on to have a conversation about your take on all this. You know, you're very outspoken and you don't you don't mince words. And I find that important in conversations like this, because especially around Israel, Palestine, people seem to lose their logic and their objectivity. So let's you know, let's just start wherever you'd like in regard to where this is. I mean, there's so much history here. So what's your take on this right now? And in general, you know, where you think this is going to end up in regard to the, the ongoing war and the human life being lost and so on. So kind of just start wherever you'd like, what's your take on all this? Well, uh, I'm not an expert on Israel, Palestine, but what I do know is this, is that is Israel is an occupying force. And so when you're occupying them and you don't give them the freedom of movement Uh, That makes that a prison. And so the people with the greater power in that situation would be Israel since they're the occupiers. And when you're an occupier of someone, you actually have a responsibility to to take care of them. (laughs) That's going to sound crazy to people. (laughs) But that's actually, uh, you know, from a moral standpoint. Um, Mm -hmm. Plus, you you know, I've heard someone say, a Palestinian say that, uh, that what, what the solution to this, because I don't know what the solution is, but they said the solution is to institute international law, which I think that would mean that you can't do a blockade. Right. Uh, Israel's doing. So if you can't do that, that would relieve a lot of the pressure. And um, so I, I think it's, I don't, you know, I had Norman Finkelstein was on my show yesterday with Craig pasta and he, you know, um, he was saying, what are they supposed to do? You know, I mean, when you keep and and I'm not again, I don't justify killing innocent people. Right. I don't I don't know what that gets you. But what you you know, they do have a right to defend themselves. Right. So if you're being occupied and uh, oppressed like that, uh, according to the U.N., you have a right to uh, do armed rebellion. Right. And correct me if I'm wrong at that, but so, um, I I just can't believe that the, you know, everybody from Donald Trump to RFK Jr. to Tulsi, to Biden, uh, to Lindsey Graham, they're all on the same page on this. It's so gross. Right. Well, did you see that? Do you see the clip that went around, or the information that went around showing that most of them are investing in wartime stocks and wartime, you know, general dynamics? I just think you might have an interesting thought on that. I mean, that's really disgusting to me that they're <laughs> benefiting from the very thing they're pushing as some kind of moral objective. Uh, I can't be- believe that politicians are allowed to have stock in <laughs> in, in the war machine. It seems that seems also crazy, but we live in a completely. A corrupted country, right? It's not a little corrupt. Everything's a hundred. It's the reason why we can send a hundred billion dollars at the blink of an eye to a bunch of Nazis in Ukraine, while at the same time we can't uh, 
give our people health care. We can't give them a living wage. People living under every bridge. People go bankrupt when they get sick still. Uh, not to even to mention what we, you know, there's no clean water yet in Flint. And now there's lead in pipes all over this country. Look what's happened in Maui. They won't, right in their face, they won't take care of them unless it's tied to aid to a Ukraine, which is not aid. That's a right. money laundering operation, what's happening in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and that just shows you how our, our country works if it's corruption. You know, I had Marion Williamson on my on my show and she's for funding the, the Ukraine war. And she's, she calls, you know, if we're against imperialism, you have to be against Russia's imperialism, ignoring, you know, starting the story at February 2022 right. instead of starting the story, at least in 2014, when the United States the CIA overthrew a democratically elected government with the help of Nazis. So they don't ever start the story there. They always start it exactly. in February. So uh, that just shows you how, and I remember I said to you, so you're for that because you think this is to help the people of Ukraine? And she said, yes. And I'm like, if you think we really cared about helping people, don't you think it would help people in the United States first? The people who are right outside our window, are right outside our door. Don't you think we'd help those people first if we actually gave a crap about helping people? Of course we would. So this isn't about helping people. This is about laundering money. I know I'm getting off the topic of Israel, but maybe we should... uh, I don't understand. I'm not smart enough to understand the stranglehold that Israel has over our government. I mean, they have health care, yet we're paying them. We send them billions of dollars in aid to Israel, and they're spending money on their people the way they're supposed to, uh, but we don't do it the way. So it's just, uh, and so what the solution is, I don't know what the solution is. I know if they did institute international law, like I heard that Palestinian say on uh, on television, that that would go a long way. Uh, Right now, what they're doing is collective punishment, which I'm pretty sure is a war crime. You're not Absolutely. allowed to Absolutely. do that. You're, you're, and so they're cutting off the water uh, to children, to a million children. They're cutting off water and food and they're bombing them. And, uh, you know, Bobby Kennedy was on my show and he said that, you know, Israel doesn't bomb civilians. And I knew that was a lie. That's not true. I've covered them bombing civilians all the time. That's what they do on the regular. Right. Uh, right. That's why I had a falling out uh, politically with Dave Rubin was uh, over this very uh, topic when he, was, that. when he said it was okay to, uh, to what he, he was supporting them bombing schools. Right. And uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it's horrible. And so again, I'll just make the point that if you're an occupying force that you have a greater moral responsibility than the people who are being occupied. And you, you now actually are supposed to, you are, it's just like if, if the warden of a prison got upset at the inmates and he bombed them, you can't do that. And that's basically what Israel's doing. So to see people who I admire in so many other ways, like Tulsi and RFK uh, specifically, uh, take the side of Israel in this without equivocation is a heartbreaker. And it just makes me think that there never will be a solution. But one more thing, I think it's very suspect 
that this attack was allowed to happen? Because I think it was allowed to. How could Israel's intelligence not know about this, right? That just seems to be a shocker. And especially if everybody that they say is included in it is included in it. I can't believe that they didn't know it was happening. So then I put on my, you know, um, what, why? What, 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 who benefits? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 and what, what kind of game is Israel actually playing right now? Uh, I've heard a couple of different theories. I don't know. I can't give credence to any of them. But what do you think about that? Do you think that Israel's intelligence was really caught this flat-footed? Yeah, and it, I'm glad you bring it up, actually. Uh, it, it's, it's interesting. There's a lot that's been fleshed out just over the last couple of days. I think Iran's, uh, what's, I forget the name of the agency, but one of their main agencies, which, you know, take it with a grain of salt. It's, I, I would imagine Iran's news agencies would want to flavor it the way any news agencies do for their own benefit. But they're saying that there's inside information they have coming from Israeli's government that they collaborated, a faction of it did, with Gaza and gave them information to get them inside. You know, and so I, I can't confirm that personally, but that does make sense. And I, I've seen more Israelis and specifically Israeli Jews from inside Israel being the ones pointing that out on Twitter, saying, I don't think this was just I think this was allowed to happen. There's no way they could have done it. I've spoken to IDF members who, t- who tell me that if a, a bug lands in a certain area, alarms go off. And yet somehow these people were able to do all they did without any notice. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether it is something that was allowed wholesale like the way it went down or there's something in the middle. Like, I think it would be likely that something might have been set up that was taken advantage of. But I, I do agree. There's a lot of evidence that suggests that something may have been not the way it is being shown to us right now. I, I, Vanessa Bealy, for example, points out that one of these crossings that they're claiming they took over is like this long two mile multi checkpoint setup with all sorts of automated gun. It just, and then there's videos that were just shared by Dan Cohen showing the, the entrance that the, the I, that the Hamas members were filmed as they went in and there's nobody there. And so it just, it does not really add up to me, but I don't really know why I have theories on it. I mean, my, there's a lot of historically, and even, even Heretz has written about this, the discussion about how every time, uh, specifically Netanyahu, but the Israeli government is in a position where they want something to go away or they right before an election, it's odd how this always ends up. The skirmishes start and it, it gives them more uh, leeway with the people. Netanyahu had four different corruption indictments, right? You know, so it's just it just continues on this way. And so my question is, I wonder whether this might have been something like that that then got capitalized on because there was information that they didn't know they had. The religious the religious Zionism part of their coalition is even the ADL called them extremists. They're, they're an openly fascist entity. So it's not it wouldn't surprise me if they would allow this kind of thing to happen. One last thing I'll say is that there's evidence showing and even uh, uh, agencies from within Gaza reporting that four Israelis have already been killed who were held hostage because of the Israeli bombing. So, I mean, there's all sorts of very strange things going on that I think don't really add up in a normal situation. But I, I will also add, too, that I think I appreciate your your opening there. You know, I think you've got a much better handle on this than I think you may, you know, I mean, you're most people out there today are in a position that is morally compromised as far as I'm concerned. And it's, in my opinion, if we are on the same page that civilian lives matter, regardless of what side they're on, then I think we have a better take than 90% of people on this topic right now. So it's just kind of alarming to me that we're in a position where the West is arguing that civilian lives suddenly don't matter if they're on the certain side or a certain color, certain ethnicity. And you made, you mentioned Dave Rubin. I has, had a similar thought about a tweet he put out. So any thoughts on that in general, the kind of loss of objectivity in the middle of something like this? Yeah, I think it's really unhelpful to try to go back and, um, 
to kind of rejudicate the or the what who's right, who's wrong, when do you start the story, when do you stop the story, and who broke the peace agreements before and who's doing I think that that's all just blame gaming. And do you can you can you condemn Hamas? Do you condemn this? Do right. you condemn do you wanting people to condemn, condemn? I think that's all uh it's not that it's not that legitimate, but I don't think it's helpful. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we could find some way to just get people to talk about solutions, right? I think what going forward, the only thing to really talk about is a solution. Right. And what could be a solution? So if you stop the blockade, if you institute international law, that would go a long way. I don't know what else to do. I don't, I'm not smart enough to know if a two-state solution is possible or a one-state solution is possible. I understand that Israel will never allow a one-state solution because then they'll lose their Jewish state because they'll be outpopulated, right? And so if well, it's let's, a one- Let's talk about direction. that. Let's, let's flesh out this topic because I think that's really an important point is the, the difference of what we're told from our administration or our, our government and then the contradiction between that and what Israel's government's outwardly saying. You're right. And, and that's that's a clear point. The one state solution has been something that's never been accepted, as I've seen from the Israeli side. But we're at a point today where they're openly and have for a long time said the two state solution is never going to happen. They're openly saying we will never let Palestine have their own state. But then we're told from Biden or anybody else talking on our side that that's not the truth. So I think what you said first is the most important. And I, I agree. I saw that same clip of the representative of Palestine equal application of international law. I mean, it's really interesting when you break that down. All he's asking for is just the law to be applied to people who deserve it, including Israel. And everyone, and people frame that as somehow allowing terrorism. It's a very simple idea, just basic law for everybody. Then we, and the idea of the two-state solution or a state for Palestine would work itself out, I would argue, if we're actually looking at the law. But, you know, I, what do you think in that context? So obviously we both agree international law is very clear. In the idea of a two-state solution, it seems we are in a position where you've got the occupied territory and you've got the occupier, but you also have civilians, right? So it's a really difficult situation to know, you know, the Palestinians were uprooted in the very beginning, but now we've got Israelis that that's many of which don't really want to take part in what's going on that then will also be uprooted. So do you have any thoughts on how that plays out? And I know it's a complicated situation, but... No, no. I don't <laughs> know how that plays out. I really, again, the bug... Good. It's, it's, it's a difficult situation, and that's why it's impossible, to your point, to have this kind of 230 limit character conversation on Twitter about how we're supposed to change the world in, in, you know, in the Middle East. But yeah, international law, right? I think that's the most important thing. But let's go to the topic of misinformation, which is one of the big things I want to talk with you about today. What have you seen so far that, that have you seen misinformation flying around in this topic so far, as, as we've seen with many others? Um. You know, I know I saw Jackson Hinkle's uh, feed. He caught um, a bunch of misinformation being tweeted out. It actually wasn't Palestine. It wasn't actually Israeli children being bombed. It was Palestinian stuff, stuff like that. So that stuff happens. Um, I don't know what other kind of misinformation you're talking about. Um, I have some examples we can bring up. If you, I just wanted to okay, discuss them with you if you'd like. Yeah. So th- this, there's two of the ones that you were discussing. One of them, and I, I honestly think it's kind of an overlap of the same propaganda that, far as I can see, seems to be proven so far to be, at the very least, unverified coming from the Israeli military. But one of them was Israeli soldiers, babies with their heads cut off. Now, that, right. that 
is, is directly coming from the from the Israel. And what's interesting is this is the same here. I'll just cut to the chase. This is what we're they're actually talking about, saying that they have 40 babies, heads removed that were taken out of incubators. And it's like right out of the incubators. Gulf War conversation. They're doing that thing again. Oh. Literally the same thing. Like if you, some of these examples that I maybe I don't have the one up, but they're literally now saying incubators even. And what I think is interesting is the woman who broke this story. And Jason, by, by the way, Jason Inkle's also one of the people pointing this out. She's already made, already started to walk it back, saying soldiers told me they believe 40 babies and children were killed. Now, I'm, it's certainly possible that could have happened. And if it does, people that did it should be held accountable. But I think it's wild how it goes from her saying she was told something that they couldn't even fully verify to now people like this saying confirmed this has happened. It's amazing to me. The old, the old quote comes to mind. You know, the lie will circle the world twice while the truth still ha- put, hasn't got its boots on. Paraphrasing from Mark Twain. I, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And it's just it's a crazy world where this is even possible, where this is having more influence, you know? Yeah, um, it's most people are. I don't think most people are aware of the incubator uh, propaganda lie that got us into the first Iraq war. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, that, that's going to happen. It's amazing to see the, the way the, the corporate media sides with Israel as opposed. It's just it's it's a real sad situation. I mean, I wish I had something smart, insightful to say about it, but I don't. It's just, uh, again, there's going to be nothing but lies and propaganda. That's all wars are. That's what every war is from every war. In my lifetime has been a lie and built on propaganda. So, uh, I mean. Iraq, Libya, Vietnam, uh, Syria, Afghanistan, Somalia, Yemen, and now uh, Ukraine and this. I mean, this is all. So, yeah, so there's more propaganda happening about. uh, And, of course, I'm being censored on YouTube about it. Right. So they Mm -hmm. won't let us talk about it freely. And they uh, they demonetize our videos, uh, which is another form of censorship. So, um that it discourages us from even covering it. Right? Uh, right. So they don't even want us to cover it. They want CNN to cover it and Fox news and MSNBC to cover it because those are very well controlled by the military industrial complex and wall street. Yeah. They're all vying for your position on YouTube is what they really want, which I love because 30 seconds ago it was YouTube was that dumb place where people in their yeah. basements and now, now they're all fighting for the space. And I think that's hilarious. But but yeah. you're right. You know, they're, they're really trying to de-incentivize people from even wanting to converse and get into this. They want it to be controlled. You know, and here's here's another example. Same kind of people sharing this. Um, and, I, and I've got some inside sources on this in general. I, I don't know if you know Robert Inlakesh. He's a writer for The Last American Vagabond. He's got he has sadly a family who was killed in the bombings on Gaza. His wife's family is in Gaza. And he he is the one saying that this is actually. Uh, an image of Hamas soldiers that have been burned, but it's being circulated as Jewish children that have been burned, even though I mean, you can kind of just zoom in and see that they're adult sized bodies. So it's just, there's so much of this kind of stuff going around. It's, it's just really un- unbelievable. Right. And, so, and I, you know, another, ahead. another tragedy of this is there was an anti-war left and an anti-war right that was coming together and coalescing around Ukraine and Matt Ga- Gates, uh, you know, famously got the speaker kicked out over funding Ukraine. Uh, so this kind of uh, demolishes that uh, because they're all for this. It, it, right. I mean, they're, I mean, they're all for Israel's uh, in, in, uh, occupation and retaliation, which is a war crime. 
Yeah. And as you often point out, they're all for war, right? I mean, anytime war becomes the focus, it's very, it's oddly interesting how they all seem to be on the same page. And 30 seconds later, they were at each other's throats. I mean, it's all, it's all theater, right? I mean, I mean, just on that point, just quickly, what, what are you, to what degree do you think that's really the case? I think we're probably in the same boat mindset with this theater wise. Like, do you think these people really believe a lot of the stuff they're saying? Or do you think most of them are doing what's advantageous to them in the moment or just doing what they're paid to say? Where's the line for you? Your opinion. I, I know people who, you know, are just regular people who believe that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I can't. It just blows my mind. You know, um, people who, again, I like and respect. And when we start to talk about Israel, Palestine, they're just as far as. I'm concerned they just are just propaganda machines. Just repeat us like when Bobby Kennedy came on my show. He just was one. It was like one big propaganda thing about Israel. So I don't I I, I can't get it. I guess I would think that they're all lying. But I I meet people who actually believe this stuff. So um, I I don't get it. And I I just wish that we could work on a solution. You know, if you're going to tweet about it. And you're a person like I would I would appreciate if people like Bobby Kennedy or uh, people like Tulsi Gabbard, again, people who I respect in a lot of ways and appreciate their words on many things and actions. Um, I wish they would, if they're going to tweet about it, include a solution. Mm-hmm. Right. That quit, quit tweeting about it to to. That it's got, that's going to in that's just going to add fuel to the fire for this war. How about tweet about it in a way that always offers a solution? And that's what I would like to hear from from yeah. leadership. And let's remember why people hate Tulsi in the first place was because she had the guts to tell the truth about our foreign wars and that they were all lies. And uh, she was called an Assadist for telling the truth about Syria. And um, so I, I just it just breaks my so if we could so that kind of breaks that left right coalition that anti war coalition and. That's a real tragedy uh, that, that that's coming out of this. Do you think that might be by design? I mean, it feels that way to kind of yes. find edge issues to break it apart. Yeah. Yes. So yes. So th- that certainly has crossed my mind that mm-hmm. you know you can't put it if you can think it. The CIA has a plan for it already, and that's not a, that's been proven time and time and time again. I agree. So the you know all of a sudden the the anti Ukraine war gets really start. Uh, and the left-right alliance on that starts to really uh, gain muster and pick up steam. And then all of a sudden this happens and it just seems like it has a good chance to destroy all that. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put anything past the intelligence agencies. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you, you've seen, and I think this is exactly what you're talking about. Now, you you typically see the response from most of the Western governments when, you know, a, a rocket lands in a field somewhere and Israel bombs Gaza, which has happened over the last 75 years, more times than I can count. Different today, obviously, you know, things have shifted and what's going on with Gaza. But they come out and they say, let's deescalate all sides. Calm down almost every time. And most of us are going, well, that's ridiculous because there's pretty much a one sided affair. What's interesting is today it's the other way around. Right. Where everybody in the West is coming out and saying people that I know know better about the situation that. Hamas terrorists are condemned and, you know, one-sided narrative about the one side. But then my point is there's been a few people who either didn't get the memo or just came out in a balanced way. Like I think even, and I'm no fan of her, uh, Whitmer from uh, Gretchen Whitmer came out and said, all sides need to deescalate all 
thing, all attacks are bad, blah, blah, blah. Like a general middle road comment that everybody should realize, see as at least objective, like all sides should be not hurting each other. And people lost their minds. They, they, they came after her like, you're a terrorist. You're calling. And I'm like, how can she be a terrorist if she's saying all sides should stop violence? So my point is that it pushed people. And I think like the people you're talking about into a position where politically or maybe they just they don't care to art to basically come out and say only one side is bad in this dynamic. And I just thought I don't know if you saw that, but it's really alarming to me that we're in a position where people are unable to say that there are civilians in Gaza, despite the fact that it's one of the most civilian populated places on the planet. And now they're bombing indiscriminately, and we can't even talk about that in the mainstream conversation. I mean, I don't know if you have thoughts on it or not. I just wanted to state that I think that's really alarming. Well, I would like to see people confronted, people who are who who are yeah. advocating that. I would like to see them confronted and have to watch them how they justify that. Like that, exactly. you know, uh, there's a million children uh, now being star starved, and their water being shut off and being bombed. Right. So. An objective truth, by the way. There's no denying that, but people are doing that right now on Twitter. I just can't. Right. I mean, so, I mean, the the Israel government themselves has stated that this is what they're doing. Right. It's not like I have to twist words or that this is open for interpretation. This is exactly, this is verbatim what they said they're doing, and they're doing it. And we all know that's a war crime. And Mm -hmm. uh, But we all know that uh, the only thing worse than being a war criminal in America, because that could be forgive, look at... George Bush and Dick Cheney, Condoleezza Rice and Donald Rumsfeld, they're all forgiven for ordering a torture program, carrying it out and the fake uh, war into Iraq, all those lies. So that you can be a war criminal. They're all war criminals, all our presidents. The thing you can't do is be against war. Right. And that's what's going to get you impeached. That's what happened to Donald Trump. He found that out. Uh, so you can't you pause the shipment of arms to Nazis in Ukraine going against the military industrial ca- complex and they're going to find them reason to impeach you so that uh that's it that's actually the world we're living in right now they're Mm -hmm. prosecuting donald trump using the rico statute which was uh used to which was invented to go after the mafia and now the the establishment is using it against the people who they see as their political enemies and that is donald trump i mean that's the world we're living in right now uh so we're living in a it's a banana republic or it's a third world country or it's the most corrupt place in, in on earth there's there's very few places more corrupt than the united states congress and white house right now 100 percent agree i'll have to send you an article i wrote a long time ago i mean easily six or seven years ago do comparing that exact point like here are the the principle the, the bullet points of what we argue make a third world country and you won't be surprised to find out the u.s government hits every single one of them and exceeds most of them <laughs> it's, it's, but but we're different though we're different you know it's staggering well i know we have limited time i wanted to end with with a point here same kind of thing and i do want to say in general that i should it should go without saying when we're talking about the idea that civilian lives matter anywhere that nobody in this discussion is pretending that there are not negative bad things happening kill net murder, potential abuse in women that are happening and what we can see in civilians in Israeli side. The point is to have some uh, some balance to this and understand that there are civilians that are being hurt in any sense. And that should matter anywhere. I mean, that's amazing that that is some kind of radical statement right now. But I, I wanted to get your on the ground, your thoughts on this just to end. Cause it's hilarious. Now, I, you probably remember the old sniffing Sarah in a backpack. Remember that? <laughs> How stupid yeah. That was here's CNN's current, uh, you know, story where starts where you know she's laying on the ground and they're about to be bombed and right now clarissa tell us what's happening stand by hi john so forgive me i have a slightly an unelegant position but we have just had a massive barrage of rockets coming in here 
uh, not too far from us. So we have had to take shelter here by the roadside. We're just about now just to save you the time. The point is they just, you know, we're, we're being bombed and so on. And they and they get up and there seems to be nothing going on, you know, but who knows where the story went out. But apparently now what's happening is people are breaking down this story and it turns out. Oh, let me get the uh, the tweets up here, wherever they were. I did have that in, in there as well. The uh, incubators, I'll include that in the show notes. But it turns out there's a whole bunch of you can clip their whole thing down and realize there's people sitting there smoking cigarettes like right next to them. <laughs> it's just typical CNN or even going back to the old one for the Saudi Arabia where they have the blue screen behind them. I just think it's hilarious that we're in a position where this is the, the current state of corporate media, you know, and then people like yourself are being censored and removed. And it's just it's, you know, I, I don't know, just end. You know, what, what are your thoughts on where this is all going? And, you know, <laughs> you have hope for the independent media. Boy, that really reminds me of the reporter sniffing the backpack in Syria, right? She's like, oh, I think there's some sarin gas on this backpack. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's bad. It's yeah, really I can bad. Feel it. <laughs> yeah. so, she, so, so we're supposed to re- believe that a CNN reporter thought that there was poison gas on a piece of fabric, and then it first, their first instinct was to try to sniff it. That's okay. So, you know, that's propaganda just like that is. So this is propaganda. How come I never see a CNN person uh, lying down like that when the when the Israeli soldiers are slaughtering people or I I mean, come on. Come on. Well, thank you for taking the time, Jimmy. I know you're busy today. And uh, in general, I think, you know, you're doing good work on a lot of these topics and I hope you keep it up. So anything you want to end with on and, you know, what any up work, upcoming work shows, anything you want to shout out and any last final thoughts? Uh, I'll see people in Dallas and uh, Houston this week and San Diego next weekend. But um, the censorship brigade is out. They're not going to allow this next election to happen with people like us speaking freely. They just got rid of Jackson Hinkle's entire channel on YouTube, and they said it was because of uh, misinformation about Ukraine. And, of course, everyone knows you don't get in trouble for lying about war. You get in trouble for telling the truth about war, and Jackson Hinkle's been doing some of the best work on war, and so they're censoring him. And so I can't – it's just a matter of time. They've taken away my liaison at YouTube. I used to have a person Mm. to talk to. And now that person's gone and they're not replacing that person. So it's, mm. I see the writing on the wall right. and um, uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I have to look for other ways to fund my show than YouTube. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a situation that pretty much every independent media person I talk to is in right now. Not only is the world being squeezed financially in every possible way, but they're attacking every single financial position, everything, you know, uh, you know, I'm, me personally, I've had Patreon, PayPal, you know, across the right. board, just moved, yanked out. And you just got to keep rebuilding, keep moving. You know, it's people don't do. realize, you know, people don't realize that this, the, the world is run by a handful of billionaires. Right. I mean, it really is. And mm-hmm. you can't cross them. You couldn't if you, if you, so the person who was dictating policy on YouTube uh, turned out it was Bill Gates over COVID, mm. right? Uh, because the, you can't go against the WHO, and we find out the WHO is number one funder is Bill Gates through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and by Gavi, which is another pro-vaccine organization he set up. He wants to vaccinate the world for everything. And uh, so if you so that's why. So Bill Gates is literally the guy who has invests money in vaccines. He then invests money in the WHO. WHO has admitted that they have to do the bidding of their donors. 
Right. And once they have to go around with their hat in their hand, that's a direct quote from the former head of the WHO. We have to go around the world with our hat in our hand. And then when the donors give us money, we have to do what they say. <laughs> and so right now, so just just on that, that whole thing, you couldn't all those people like Dr. Robert Malone and P- Peter McCullough and uh, Joe Rogan and me and anybody who had a counter narrative to uh, Dr. Pierre Corey to the covid you got they got censored at the behest of Bill Gates and all those fact checks that bogus fact checks that I got on mm-hmm. Facebook. So all all my old friends who see all those bogus fact checks, they think they're real. Those are all funded by Bill Gates too. And so it's literally that. So that's just one guy controlling all that. Imagine there's got to be another handful of billionaires controlling all the military industrial complex stuff and all the fossil fuel stuff. And there is. And just and there's a handful of people from uh, Wall Street and they all have uh, their interests all align. And so that right. just as George Carlin taught us there, you don't have to have some crazy grand conspiracy when all their interests align right. and their interests do align. So absolutely. Uh, I, let's see if they get another hundred billion dollars for Ukraine. If they do, um, I bet this plays a part in it somehow and distracting us. So that is allowed to go through or something like that. Well, I, I agree. And we'll save it for another conversation. I, I quite frankly think there's a lot more overlap with Ukraine and Israel long before this. And we're probably going to see that come to pass. Last thing I saw a funny meme that you'll probably get a kick out of, of Zelensky, the Babylon B put it out looking kind of bent over with a weird face. And it, it says, uh, Zelensky comes to, you know, the U S government and says, Hey, is it a bad time to ask for a couple more billion dollars? <laughs> while Israel's going on. Just hilarious, but it's, that's where we are, you know? <laughs> that's probably exactly what's going to happen, by the way. They're, they seem to be very prescient in that regard. <laughs> and, yeah, it's, isn't it And isn't it amazing to people that we have high-def uh, video of a congresswoman in, uh, in a movie theater that's darkened, uh, but we still don't, no, no video on Jeffrey Epstein hanging himself. Isn't that wild? That's right. so crazy. Or, and we still or even what client list is. Exactly. Or, or even it's somebody pointed out, interestingly enough, it's weird how we've seen a hundred times more video content from what's going on right now in Israel than we have the entire Ukraine discussion since it's since the most recent part of when we're pretending it started. Tells you there, a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> there are people, there are people in America that think that Ukraine's winning. I know, I know. It's, it's, we're, that's my point. We're in the middle of this information war, and it's, it's overwhelming. I, I, last question. Do you think the majority is on that side or not? Or are we just being played? Is that part of the information war? I think the majority is on our side. I really do. I think what? people have turned. I think people have started. Well, they were so primed with Russiagate. Russiagate, which is what I told the Young Turks when I still worked there, was that this is going to be used for a war. And, of mm-hmm. course, and it's against a war against a proxy war against Russia. And that's this is and they got their war. And of course, the young Turks are for that war. Right. Right. Exactly. uh, It just seems like this is why we can't have nice things on the left. And um, I I really I hate to be a pessimist, but um, I get why George Carlin got to be the way he was at the end of his life. Like he didn't participate and he just he became a cynic, you know, and um, how could you not be a cynic? Uh, It's. Really, we're, we're we won't give people still won't give people health care in America. You know, uh, for a hundred billion dollars, they could have ended homelessness four times over. They won't, and it's because the people who run the world run this country. And just like 
Ned Beatty said in that movie Network from 1974, he yes. said there are no countries, there are only companies and the international flow of dollars. And if you interrupt that, you must atone. And that's where we're at. These people don't care if there's a civil war inside the United States. It's, if that helps them keep power and it helps them keep funneling money from the taxpayer base to the international security state, that's all that they, they care about. And that's a fact. That that this is look what they did during COVID, the CARES Act, the largest upward transfer of wealth right. in human history, and none of that money went to help people in the United States. People in every other country got their, at least got their paychecks paid. They wouldn't even do that for people in America, and people in America just take it. So right. I don't know what it's going to take, but we need a real revolution, something like what the truckers did, but on a bigger scale and tied with unions somehow. But the union leadership in America is also part of the professional managerial class. And so mm -hmm. that's why unions have been, you know, uh, not powerful in America for at least a couple of decades since, since NAFTA, that's for sure. So mm -hmm. and that was thanks to the Democrats. So, again, we have a completely corrupted government. Uh, the only things that get done are the things that get the wheels greased with corruption. And that's why what Matt Gates did was such a big deal. So you don't. You don't have school lunch funding tied to the border funding, tied to funding Ukraine, tied to funding the Iron Dome. You have separate bills for all that, which is something right. the lefties were supposed to be wanting in my whole, since my lifetime started. So, um, But now I'm, I'm not supposed to like that guy. I'm not supposed to want that to happen. <laughs> it's uh, it's you know, the stranglehold that the billionaire and the oligarchy has on the flow of information is the death of this country. So that, you know, 80 percent of everybody gets their news from Google and Facebook in the United States. <laughs> and <impressive>. so, <laughs> yeah. And so it's over then. And they have the flow of information and they can squash people like you and they can certainly squash people like me. And look what they're doing to Russell Brand right now. Right. Um, and and there's people who believe that story. Uh, again, people who I know, respect, love. They believe that story because right. they want to. Uh, but it, you know, I was given a chance to speak at the UN about the Ukraine war and it was right after Russell Brand's, uh, in, you know, where they came for him and I knew it was putting a bigger target on my back, but I was just like, ah, you know, what's the point anyway, you have to do something. Right. And, um, yeah, that it's it, the information war, the stranglehold they have over information. And so they need to control the narrative because if they can't control the narrative, then they have to start disappearing people. And that's a lot harder. And so if they can just slander Russell Brand and Joe, Joe Rogan, that's what they'll do. Mm -hmm. uh, and and what, what's happening to Julian Assange is they're doing it right out in public. Right. And nobody cares. Yet we still wag our finger at, some, at Putin because he's a dictator and a thug. Meanwhile, we're literally trying to kill the, the journalist, the greatest journalist of our generation. It's amazing. Right. I mean, what, what, what better point to end on? I mean, it's 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 alarming that people can't see that. And I, I'm hoping that most people do and we're being misrepresented with that majority. But until we can prove that, we'll keep doing this and keep pushing out the information. So thank for thank you for what you do, Jimmy. And uh, hopefully we'll connect again, talk about more stuff. So thank you for being here. And as always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.